Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Practical Wisdom. And this series, we're covering the fear of success. And I'd like to introduce to you today both a friend and a mentor and a colleague of mine, Tim McCauley, who's done a lot of work and coaching work. So I'm going to ask him to do a, give you know introduce himself a little bit, and then we're going to get right into it. So Tim, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you, Jackie? Happy I'm birthday. Always, oh, it's my birthday. Thank <laughs> you. You snuck that in there. Yep. Yeah, I'm happily 43 years young, so it's, it's cool. a good day. So um, how are you doing, though? Good doing day? Great. Doing wonderful. Awesome. Down here in uh, windy, sunny Frisco, Texas. Yeah, it looks sunny there already, even though it's a little early in the day. So yeah. um, well, it's noon for us both, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at the same time. So um, why don't you just give people a little, tell people just a little bit about who you are and what you do so that we have some context and then we can dive in. All right. Um, Tim McCauley, come from a little small town in Buffalo, Ohio. Uh, grew up a little bit of a hedonist and uh, got into self-development the hard way. <laughs> Had to. Uh, got into it, um, did some counseling and stuff for a while and uh, kind of stumbled my way into coaching via sober coaching. And um, just kind of uh, worked it from there. Written a couple books, uh, write a little bit of a blog from time to time. Um, and then uh, kind of fell off for a while. Uh, decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore. And just loving my life and bouncing around the country with my, me and my wife. And um, after my dad passed away, I reached out to a bunch of people and uh, heard a guy that I could help. And I said, Hey, can I help you? And he said, yeah. And then he encouraged me to keep helping people. And it just kind of blossomed from there and back into coaching, back into yeah. love and life. Yeah. So I've, I've been really lucky. I've, um, I, I don't even know how long I've known you. It feels like a really long time, but, um, I've seen you go through a few seasons. Um, but I probably met you after you'd kind of gone through some of your more difficult stuff with, you know, getting sober and getting your stuff together that way. Um, but I actually had reached out to you about the same time. My dad passed. Um, um, and now it's been over a year from, for me as well. Yeah. And that's how, you know, it was after you had started helping people again and we reconnected. And so, um, one of the first people I thought of when we decided to do this, interview on the fear of success was you because I I might be projecting a bit here but I would have to say um that's a big part of your journey has been um being afraid to stand in in the shoes of who Tim is and Tim the man uh, sorry about that um so I think it's a, just a great opportunity to sort of because you've gone through some of that mess on your own uh, maybe there's some things that, you know, you can help the other listeners with um, that can also help them kind of move out of some fear or transmute that fear into something else that can help them get closer to success. Mm. Um, so with that being said, could you tell me what your definition of success is? That's actually one of the first questions that anybody should ask if they think that they're having fear of success. Uh, because it's it's a convoluted thing. If when you when you break down your own definition of success, and you see what the key elements of success are for you, for me, it's um, it's not actually tied to what most people think success is. So when I'm out there chasing the dollar, 
it always messes me up because that's not what success is for me. You know, yeah. um, for me, success, success is, uh, I have, I have this idea of black kind of black and white idea of the type of person that I want to be, you know, the type of husband that I want to be to my, to my wife, the type of fur baby daddy, the type of friend, the type of coach, uh, success to me is, uh, defining that and showing up like that yeah uh that's so much easier to do for me and stay that in that state of success and actually manifest the outward croppings of success and take the action steps that will lead to the goals that i have which um i'm the probably the worst life coach when it comes to that because you'll hear me say, I don't give a shit about your goals. <laughs> Cause I really don't. Uh, they're just kind of the carrot and the stick part of, of what we're trying to do. I'm trying to get people to see again, what they think the success is. Yeah. I think that fear of success um, gets mistranslated and, and it's so convoluted that it's hard to really define it because sometimes it manifests out of almost a, a trauma from the past, you know? Um, or that trauma that gets, once you get to a certain level of excitement outside of your comfort zone, that set point that you already have, and you are trying to get to your next level, all of that trauma comes up and gets trapped into this moment for some people, for other people, it's just that they've never decided is the definition of success mine or is it mom and dad's? Yeah. Or is it the guy from high school, you know? Yeah. So, so I, something interesting that I wondered if we could talk a little bit about that you, you said a minute ago was um, your definition of success is defining what that is and then living up to it, right? Yeah. So what lives in the gap? Uh, fear and anxiety and excitement. And they all feel the same. So when you ask earlier, maybe we could do something to transmute it. Um, the easiest way to transmute the fear of success is take away that word fear and maybe replace it with, I'm feeling excited because they feel pretty much the same. They manifest in, the, in different areas of the body and they'll create certain soothing things, which end up being self-sabotage or whatever it is. Um, but you have to understand not only your definition of how success looks and how you want to show up to make success look, but you also have to kind of go in a little bit deeper and see second, third or consequences of that success and see if that's not the thing that's holding you back. Because it might not be fear of success. Like I know some women, some men that are overweight, they're constantly overweight even when they do the things they could do to get in shape, they still stay within this realm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They do the right things, but then they sabotage it here and there. They don't, you know, they, they cheat here and there on the diet or whatever it is. Um, not realizing that second and third order consequences of getting in shape have a story in their head that make the resistance happen. And that could be trauma-based as well. Um, sexual abuse survivors why would they ever want to look attractive you know what I mean like down that road yeah. um, uh, men who 
have gotten into a healthy relationship with another person and they've gotten a little out of shape, why would they want to be attractive and then have to fight off the urges that come with getting that extra attention? You know what I mean? Like it could be subtle like that and it might not be the fear of succeeding because who would, who fears being in shape? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, um, if I could paraphrase, maybe it's not necessarily that we are fearing the success, but we fear the outcomes or consequence of being what we think is successful. Yeah. Yeah. And not only, not, not even that it's, we fear the story that we think might exist if we become successful. Yeah. I think that's, I think that makes sense. I, I know for, um, and it's, it's actually really good. So for others that are on here, um, Tim's been my coach for a long time. And uh, one of the things I really struggled with was that my definition of success had changed and I didn't, I didn't know it. Right. So I had kept living. I wanted to be the next um, CTO of the universe, right? I was going to be 30 years old and running a software company and be a CTO. And, and I, I thought that's what I wanted. And, and I did like, 20 years ago or, or more. Um, and what happened was I hadn't stopped or paused or took a moment to redefine what I thought of as success. Um, so I was actually, tr- it was not very motivating to drive hard toward a thing that I didn't want, but I didn't know it because I was just doing what I did showing up every day, doing the doing right. Getting things done. Um, so when I think of success, I always, like, like you said, the very, very first thing you said is first, let us define what it is that success, because um, maybe you're fearing getting the thing you don't want, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right. Because it, like, if I own 50 restaurants, I'm thinking, well, I got to manage that many employees. Now I have that responsibility. Why would I want that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And again, if you go down the order of consequences and you keep asking, keep act like a five-year-old and ask yourself why, why, why most people, at least the people I work with, it boils back down to love and connection. You know, why do you want to do that? Well, so I can support my family. Oh, okay. So do you actually need the thing that you, that you're avoiding to actually support your family? Like, could you get by with a little less? I'm reading a really good book right now um, by Paul, Paul Jarvis company of one that is a, uh, um, it's, it's like an antithesis to hyper growth. <laughs> okay. He's like, why, you know, like why get big? Like, it doesn't make sense. You can, you can do pretty well. Just one person. Like, yeah. Why do you need a company and make billions of dollars? If you're a coach, why do you need to be the next Marie Forleo? You know, yeah. you don't, yeah. you don't need that. You don't need $12 billion in sales. No, you don't no. need it. And I, I think sometimes we forget that um, fear, excitement, what, whatever those feelings are, are our body's alarm system, right? A warning system. The and amygdala. Yeah. So if it, it, and it doesn't have to make sense because it's just a physiology. So if, if you're fearing something, how is like, why? Like, do you know what, what it is you're fearing? Because like you said, it's rarely, it's rarely... I'm afraid I'm going to be amazing. Mm, okay. But are you afraid of 
what others will think of you if you are? Are you afraid yeah. who will stop loving you mm-hmm. if you are? And how much of the rumination of that fear ever comes true? How much of the rumination of that fear um, can you actually back up with any data? Like it's just a story that your mind is making up. We live in this multifaceted universe. We have this innate intelligence in us that runs the show. And then we have this emotional palette and this thinking system in our brain that communicate back and forth. And we're sitting in that thinking that anything that we perceive and make up about the world is true. When nine times out of 10, we're fearing and we're excited about something that's not actually in the room that we're in. You know, it's not actually in the environment that we're in, you know? So that's why I always like, as you know, I have, I teach how to do uh, vital environmental scans. You know, not only the environment of, hey, are all these books aligned with me right now? But also the environment that is getting created inside here, you know, from all kinds of stuff. Like as we're talking, a guy walking by with his dog, I'm part of my brain is like, he better pick that up. He better, yeah. he better, he better you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, yeah. If I'm not paying attention to the environment in my mind, I could very well confuse that thing that I'm feeling about that with this thing that I'm doing right here. Yeah. And generally that's what we're, that's what I believe we're doing, at least for myself. I've, and by the way, like I'm like the king of self-sabotage. I publish books before they're ready. (laughs) I I, I once had a 2,300 letter, 2,300 people. I had about 10 people signing up per day. I was deleting every time I would find someone sign up, I would delete the sign up sheet. I'd be like, how did they sign up? I don't have anything. I would find, um, they had had to dig through my website to sign up for this thing. And still 10 people a day were signing up. And then one day a guy was like, you have the best self-improvement newsletter I read. And I'm on like 200 of them because I'm a marketer. When are you going to sell something? Two weeks later, I deleted the list. And I, I was like, I'm going to go be a paddleboarder now. <laughs> I think yeah. we were in a mastermind at that time. Yeah. I think I remember that actually happening. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. So, um, so with that being said, right, we also sabotage. I, I've, I think you've said to me even, girlfriend, like, you are successful. What is your problem? Like, I see your CV letter. I've seen your resume. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't feel that way. You know? Yeah. So what, what can we do? Like if to either, I don't know, is it recognize fear? Is it recognize the stories we're telling? Like what's something we can do when we realize we probably shouldn't quit everything we're doing and go paddleboarding or maybe you should have, right? Well, no, I should have actually yeah. for me. Yeah. So, so I, I firmly believe that there's no real wrong decisions. You've heard me say that thousands of times. There's no yeah. wrong decisions. Just do something like, okay. So now back in the day, I don't know if you know who James Clear is, but yeah. he and I had were we started at about the same time and I was communicating with him back then. Um, and we were, he was a few hundred, maybe 5,000 somewhere on there ahead of me. So he was less than 10,000 subscribers at the same time that I had 2,300 and I was making sure that no one else could sign up. Um, and we were going to like interview each other for podcasts and stuff like that. Now he continued doing the things that 
we were doing at that time and got better and better with his theories and got got more data to back up his theories and did better research um and he is where he is you know great book um that's how my habits definitely it's a great yeah. book great newsletter yeah. once a week oh, yeah. has, absolutely three two one stuff yeah yeah, no, and and it, and it, like his his style is very similar to what it was back then, but his personality is still in it. But he really honed in and focused on that message. Um, now, I assume I could have played out a very similar path, but at the same time, I believe that any decision we make leads us to the moment that we live in now. And I woke up with my wife. And she was on the timeline after I quit and went off and did a different thing and did the paddle boarding. So to me, uh, no harm, no foul. Yeah. I can get back on track. So weird way of getting around that question. Um, if it, let's use a metaphor of, cause everybody kind of understands the whole struggle with weight loss. And you hear people that are actually in great shape. Um, they will end up saying, they will end up saying something to the effect of, you can't out train a bad diet. You know, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's you're tracking your macros or clean eating or whatever it is, is that 90% of your results are in the kitchen, not in the gym. And if you don't believe that, look at the hours that you spend in the kitchen and at the table as opposed to the 45 minutes you'll spend in the gym so we got zoom bombed yeah we did you know that guy do you have another meeting coming i have no i no i don't i checked i don't have any other meetings and i don't know that guy but i muted him so maybe he's fearful of showing us whatever it was (laughs) so so just like just like in that concept where you can't outtrain your diet, you can't out you can't outperform your self image. Mm. So it, it's mm. I have this innate default mode in me that says you're a pile of shit and you're never going to amount to anything. You're worthless. It's there. It's I think always going to be there. It's just part of that limbic response that wants to pull me back and keep me safe. It's there. Now, you can either go in and deconstruct it and your beliefs and blah, 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 this, that, and the other, or you can just put it, oh, wait, this is my baseline, who I thought I was. And if I achieve the thing I want to achieve and put that here, and you right? Well, if if I achieve this and I believe that, then I would be this, this, and this. And you reconstruct that self-image because you can be either one and you practice little by little with that self-image. It it becomes a lot easier to, to achieve the things that you want to achieve. But the trick is that, um, not to go too fast, and not to bring in too much while you're doing it. Because the thing that gets us excited and the thing that has that default, you're a loser or you're a fraud or whatever, the imposter syndrome in it, is in our amygdala, the fight and flight mode in us. And if you think of it as a scale of one to 10, 
like zero being, well, it would be the opposite over there, but zero being here and 10 being here. Like this is the perfect vision of who I want to be. And this is, I'm a sloth. <laughs> there's an under-engagement up to about 4.5. And then there's over-engaged at like 6.5. And then there's a zone of, oh, you know, like I'm a loser or I'm burned out. And yeah, yeah. There's zone a of, yeah, there's this middle ground there. And the trick is to slowly but surely weed out the things that don't need to be there, your to-don't list, yeah. and collect the success that is there, you know? Yeah. And so I think- um, Match that self-image. Yeah. So I think one of the things I, I heard from that was, and, and I fully endorse the idea as well, is- um, incremental change right and like i know i always my analogies are usually about i have a daughter who's on the spectrum and she learns differently or at least that's what we said right and actually she just learns out loud um if you want her to learn something you have to repeatedly do the thing with her that you want her to learn mm -hmm. and you have to make it be a small enough chunk right? That she can do it from beginning to end. And That's then I come from any human. I know. So I literally come back and go, wait a minute. How is that different from any of the rest of us? Well, it isn't. The difference is we are doing that with her out loud mm -hmm. and the rest of us go, well, I don't like this. Yeah. I want to be this, but you have to make the incremental everyday small chunk cha change. Yeah. And so maybe it's not just doing one, it. though. Yeah, just exactly. One thing, just one and thing. I, I use a, I've used a few times, and I don't even know if the story is real, but <laughs> it's a story about um, ninja training. And they plant a seed of corn. So you know how large a corn stalk grows, mm -hmm. now how slow it grows. So that each ninja plants his own seed of corn, and then he has to jump over that seed a hundred times every single day. So as the corn grows, he's building up the muscle strength to be able to jump higher and higher. And then whenever he breaks that corn stalk, he plants a new seed and starts again. So habits are like that. Your life is like that. So I always call it Groundhog Day. If you want it, if, if you think you're stuck in that gap and you're fearing success, then I, I say, I, I call it applied pessimism. So let's say that you're not allowed to be successful. Let's just, whatever this life is that you're living, this groundhog day that you've been trying to escape year after year, day after day, let's say that that's never going away. Now what? How can you be happy? Like what's there that shouldn't be there? Because when you do look at how you show up every day to your life, you're over scheduling, you're under committing, you're over, you know, you are creating the flow of your day, but you get stuck in a habitual flow of that day. So if you reverse engineer, if I had it all and I could do everything I wanted, there's usually a hobby that you're thinking in your mind, mind surfing or paddling or hiking or something like that. And there's usually people as well. Like you're doing it for them, you're doing it for yourself. So start there, like, you know, start, oh, wait, you want to be an entrepreneur successful, 
but you want to do it in a way that you can be the best mom that you can be. But why don't you focus on being the best mom you can be and lower your goal, you know? So yeah, let's say that we want to make a million dollars a year. That's a really stupid goal. Okay. Do you need a million dollars right now? No, no. you need, how much do you need? Yeah. Okay. However much that is, then do that by half. And that's your, that's your first goal. You know, that's the first milestone. And you don't even go for that. It's what are the actions and as few and as simple actions I can take to hit that. So if you boil down our type of business, how do you get clients to sign up for coaching? It's usually through demonstration of coaching. Yeah. It's usually through a conversation. Yeah. You know, it's something interesting that occurred to me when you were talking fear is a habit of being afraid right so um if if i i literally have never thought of it that way before but if you think of groundhog's day if you feel like you're perpetually living in fear of being this thing Fear's you want to be addiction, not a habit an addiction ah that's an interesting perspective what i'm an addict think that? i think everything's an addiction yeah <laughs> okay no, but, but it, so Alcoholics Anonymous teaches addicts that um, if you actually read the big book, alcoholism isn't a disease. It's a symptom of a deeper issue in the mind. If you break down that deeper issue of anyone that is addicted to certain behaviors, it's usually something going on that's triggering a uneasy feeling. And they found that this, whatever it is, Twitter, gambling, pornography, coping, gambling, uh, rage, we find a coping mechanism that makes us feel strong again. Anytime that we feel vulnerable and weak, it all boils down to that word that no one wants to talk about is vulnerability. Yeah. Anytime we feel raw and exposed, we have to hide. We have since we were small children and someone saw who we thought we were at that time and they said that's stupid and since then we've been playing this game of hide and seek that's why i say that if you've felt the pain of being broken however you've felt it just make a promise that you'll never heal from that because when you've been broken and whether it's abuse or the loss of somebody that you just can't let go of, it's just harder to be an asshole for some reason. And it's harder to get offended when other people are because you're just looking at them going, who hurt you, man? You know? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So it's interesting. So um, if, if we play that back, if fear you're, you're, you're addicted to that feeling of fear. Yeah. Right. So um, maybe some really radical uh, practical advice is, you know, enroll in a program, but find a support system to help you break the, that addiction, that fear is protecting you from something that you don't need to be protected from anymore. Well, actually fear is a protection mechanism, a mechanism of the ego. It's not actually, 
it's not you you're protecting it's your self-image that you're protecting yeah you're protecting something that you've made up yeah which is crazy right yeah, yeah. And, and and again that's why i say you can you can definitely if you need it get therapy i'm not saying don't get therapy yeah. uh some people it's about uh 10 of the population actually need meds to help their brain chemistry be in a state that they can function in this world mm-hmm. you know uh because they maybe have depression or maybe i don't know but i'm not saying that any of those don't do those and just you know yeah. because the idea of deconstructing the person that you think you are that's not what i'm advocating what i'm advocating is for you to just decide who it is that you're not being because that's the gap this is the person i show up as every single day and that makes me feel ashamed that makes me feel like i haven't succeeded enough that makes me feel like I'm behind, like, oh my God, I got to get caught up at my age. I should be, and at my age, I should look, and at my age, there should be this much money in the bank account. I'm a loser because I show up like the blah, 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 blah. And then there's this idea that we want to be, and then there's this gap in between there. Well, if you just understand the idea here a little bit more, and imagine that since space-time is a continuum, the future and the past and the present all exist at the same time. You are actually this person in the future. It's not this person that you're striving to become. It's the person that you will become if you just identify with that a little more and then notice, wait, the person that behaves like this, these behaviors make that person, these behaviors make that person. And then you take one behavior out of here and add one behavior to here and that builds that stair step in that gap does that make sense yeah so um to re uh, just to re-say that just essentially pick one thing pick one thing it doesn't matter uh what do you and and if you are listening to this right now and you're like well what's what's he talking about it's going to be different for you than any like when i say this what do you think you need to do? Yeah. You have a list. Yeah. And if I say, what do you, what do you think's getting in the way? Like, what do you, what's grabbing your attention that is a waste of your time? You have another list. So write those lists down and put one list to the side and then grab one list out of the things that I want to start doing. And then whatever that thing is, you've got to break it down even smaller. Because if I want to write books, if I start out saying I'm going to write 2,000 words every single day by 9 a.m., the first time I miss that, I quit. You know? So if you're going to want to be healthier, I'm just going to make healthier choices today. Is a better goal than I'm going to eat perfectly or I'm going to count my macros or any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, wow, that was, that was a, f- that conversation went fast. Um, yeah, so ultimately, um, I think out of all of the conversation that we've had, the, the, my biggest takeaway was there's a, there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be, mm-hmm. where you want to be, hopefully is what you're calling success. And so if you want to get over the fear of that, 
pick one thing to do differently or one thing not to do that will take you closer to that that image and then the way i do it it, the way i've done it anytime that i find myself i just press pause i'm like okay throw everything out start i'm starting scratch what's the one thing today and then i document what i do and then i show up the next week and i look at what i did and say is that working or not and if it's working and that thing is part of my identity like if you have the identity that you're healthy and you work out every day, you do that. You don't have to force yourself. You have the identity that you're a creator, you create. So once that becomes your identity, then you go back to the drawing board and go, okay, so now I'm here and I want to be here. What's the thing? And yeah. then you pick that and it might be one week, two weeks. There's no prescribed time for right. something to, for you to put on the identity of that person that you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So if people like identified with sort of the way that you processed this um, conversation and if they're looking to kind of get out of their own way, where can they find, uh, where can they find you so that they can have a conversation? Um, Well, the easiest way to find me is uh, on Facebook because I'm on there way too much. (laughs) (laughs) But um, if, if they want to kind of look over some stuff and and get to know me, I have soulsuperschool.com um that they can just type that in and they'll it'll take them to a page it'll kind of explain some stuff and then they'll be able to get get with me on any of the social medias um ts mccauley on twitter and instagram you'll find me there awesome. or tim mccauley on facebook awesome all right well thanks so much tim do you have any uh final words of advice for our listeners today uh as far as fear of success Again, just change that word. You're not afraid. You're just excited. You know, right. Get excited. Get excited. Get I like excited. it. Get stoked, get right? Get stoked. Pause, get stoked, and flow, baby. Nice. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Tim. Oh, as always, I appreciate your time. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Right. Bye.